Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil Grogan, here with Matthew Statler. We wanted to do an episode that kind of talks about, you know, this this new year and uh, and more specifically resolutions, right? Like we hear every year people making resolutions, uh, the way they want to change their lives, the way they want to live, the way they want to direct what's next for them. And man, oftentimes resolutions uh last about what two weeks matt maybe yeah yeah absolutely why do you think that is why why can't we seem to resolve and then actually uh nail those resolutions most of the time well i think if it was easy we'd already be doing it and so a lot of times you know we make choices or habits or decisions that keep us from making other choices or habits or decisions. So I want to work out, but I stay up late watching TV. So I don't get up early because I'm too tired, right? Any number of things. And and we know habits take a while to develop. Uh, and usually habits don't come unless it's hard, you know, yeah. unless there's some type of suffering that forces a forcing function. Mm, that, that so is... Maybe we should call them new year's intentions. Yeah. <laughs> New Year's intentions. You know, it makes me good ideas. Think, I think, you know, it makes me think of um, the in the scripture address is escaping me right now. But, you know, when Jesus calls us to die to ourselves daily and, you know, I think that's the most difficult thing. So when we when we think about New Year's resolutions or themes or, you know, subheadings, um, when it comes into conflict with us having to die to self, man, we, we dramatically fail <laughs> often, right? Comfort, uh, pleasure, you know, all these things swirl in when, when we're facing, you know, what decision we want to make and what is best for us, our family and, and who we are as a, as a person uh, created in the image of God to glorify him uh, for forever and to enjoy him all of those days of our lives and into eternity. So when we, when we think about just an overall mission, maybe, maybe that's kind of where we should begin. Who, who are we and where are we going? You know, I'd encourage each of each of you listening to craft a mission statement for your life, for your family. Um, That kind of sets a course direction. Uh, Why, why is that particularly important? Uh, Whether, you are a pastor, teacher, whatever, um, or just just a stay-at-home mom. Why is that important for for you as a person in general, Matt? I think it's hard to get somewhere if you don't know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I say that tongue in cheek, but um, the the wonderful thing about a new year is that it gives us an opportunity or a time to kind of assess what we've been doing. Um, and then plan to go forward. And, you know, they say um, a, a wish or a goal without a, a plan is just a wish. Yeah. Right. And so um, having an overall life mission statement kind of directs your your steps and it allows you to say no to what will not achieve it. Um, you know, so those of you who've been in the military, you get your, you know, your frago, your warning order, you get a, um, your orders to go and, and do some mission. And if halfway through that mission, they say, oh, we need you to go actually over here. And you, 
you're 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 not going to do the mission well because you're you're scrambling to get there. And so the same thing in our lives. If you know, if I if I spent my whole life um, studying scriptures and then I become you know a Muslim, it's going to be really hard for me to accomplish the mission because I'm I'm focusing on the wrong area. And um, in the same way, I, I believe having a mission statement also for our family. You know, and, and being able to say, you know, our family does not do activities on Sunday. Sunday is for the Lord, and that's what we're going to we're going to do. Um, and it's really easy for just regular life to interfere with that. Uh, and then your kids wonder why you're inconsistent when you tell them no. And it becomes this whole really an additional stressor uh, in your life if you don't have some type of focus as a family you know what what is our purpose here on this earth yeah and and i would say it's almost like making a predecision towards a particular direction right i mean we faced this recently um you know our kids are in wrestling and uh, we got invited by the coach to do this tournament down in a different city in the state and uh, guess what man that tournament landed on a sunday well you know, before we make big decisions about anything, we go back to this. And this is something we brought our kids in on and, and everything else. Who are we as a people? And where are we going? And we read our mission statement. And guess what? Man, that fell outside the line of what we're what we're striving to do by making the making the name of Jesus famous in our community and in the world. And and so, man, um, we made the made a good decision um, that you know, was a little bit of a bummer because the kids really want to participate. But we also said, hey, we, we will look for another tournament that actually works out where we're not going to betray who we are in order to do. And so, man, that but that predecision was made. And uh, so it made making the decision in the moment easier. So we have some examples throughout history of mission statements. And one of the best, I think, especially when we're talking about the new year's time frame is looking at Jonathan Edwards. Uh, if you don't know anything about Jonathan Edwards, he's a fascinating uh, person in history. He's known as like an American Puritan from the 18th century. And uh, really, I mean, gave some of the most famous sermons in the history of America. Uh, one that comes to mind is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. <laughs> and uh, many people hate that title, but it really helped the culture really take a hard look at the greatness of God, the holiness of God, and the lack of holiness in them. And it sparked great revival in America as a result. But he's a great figure to look at, and and, and resolutions were kind of his thing, right? Um, but I want to read... Uh, his overall life mission, which comes in the form of a, of a resolution. This is what he said, that he's resolved that he will do what whatsoever he thinks to be the most to God's glory and for his own good, profit, and pleasure in the whole of his duration without any consideration of time, whether now or never. So many myriads of ages hence, you know, old English, right? He's resolved to do whatever he thinks to be his duty and most for the good and the advantage of mankind in general. Resolve to do this, whatever difficulties he has met with, and how many and how great soever. So really what he's saying is, how he's framing it out is, whatever I do, whether it's for my profit or pleasure or time or good, it's going to be done in the pursuit of 
the glorification of God. I want he wanted to make much of God's glory. He wanted to glorify his God. And I think when we're when we're considering mission statements, that's really where we need to bring our direction uh, to. That's that's the direction we need to set for us. That's true north. That we would we would glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And then everything else we think about is really towards that aim, right? I like how um, he puts near the end of that, that he's resolved to do this, whatever difficulties I meet with, however, how many and how great soever. Um, he's already pre-identifying threats to this. Right. That he knows that he is going to do everything that he can to glorify God in his, you know, in his good profit and pleasure his whole life. And that's what he's resolving to do. But he recognizes it's not going to be easy, you know, that there are going to be difficulties that are, that arise. And I think that's an area that a lot of us maybe don't take into consideration when we look into the new year and begin to plan, you know, like, hey, this is going to be hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I am not going to want to wake up, you know. And, and so he he uh, presupposes or pre um, identifies and, and has that pre-decision. He is going to uh, do this no matter what the difficulty. Yeah. Um, which that's is what awesome. makes it right. It makes it right and good. <laughs> that's know? right. Yeah. But he's deciding beforehand. You know, yeah. uh, Romans 13, it says, um, you know, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Right. Um, and then it says, uh, think. Uh, let me pull it up because it, I think it's, it's something we, I don't want to. I don't want to just give you my abbreviation on it, but it, it it's a it's a forethought. So, yeah. So Romans twelve, um, we kind of have this cling to what is good in verse ten, right. and then verse sixteen: live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Not be wise in your own eyes. And then verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. And then if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And in the Greek, the, the word there is really forethought. So think in advance how you are going to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. Yeah. So put into, put into thought ahead of time. And, and that's what um, Jonathan Edwards is doing here is he is putting into thought in advance how to give God all the glory, how to glorify God with all of his actions. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what the new year is helpful for. Yeah, totally. And, and that thoughtfulness, that forethoughtfulness, uh, he even, I, I love in his, you know, kind of opening, uh, considers time, considers pleasure prophets, his own good, like all of these different scenarios in his life, he's, he's putting forward thought into on how to glorify God. And so, you know, there's 70 resolutions, uh, that he writes out. And so we're going to read all, I'm just kidding. We're not going to read all of them. Uh, <laughs> but what we are going to do is kind of look at how they're broken down, right? He, 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 some helpful, uh, contributors throughout history have kind of put headings, 
to kind of divide up his resolutions, which I think are really helpful for us as we look at our own lives and we ask the question, how am I going to glorify God in that space or in this space? Or where am I least glorifying God in these particular areas? And so, you know, he's got his overall mission of life and then he goes right into good works, right? So and before you before you go there, uh, Neil, just remember he wrote these at a very young age. I think he was still in his teens yeah. when he wrote these resolutions, which is even more impressive, I think. Yeah. So, so the first one he goes into essentially is good works. What work in my life am I doing for good? You know, one of his resolutions under this section is resolved always to do that, which I shall wish I had done when I see others do it. So he wants to do good as he sees others do good. And uh, which, which I love that because, you know, like I'm, I'm convicted by this resolution. I see people, um, for instance, being very generous with, uh, you know, when they see uh, people in need, whether it's homeless or hungry or, you know, women who are in abusive situations and need to get out and people rise up to that occasion. It's inspiring when we see that. Right. Uh, and it should inspire us to resolve to be the kind of person who steps into that dark space when needed, you know? So in that resolution or in that section of resolution, you're kind of making a pre-decision or maybe several on, man, how am I going to show up in, in a, in a time like this? How will I do good uh, when faced with the opportunity to turn my back even what, what comes to your mind under good works, Matt? Yeah, he said, resolved when I think of any theorem in divinity to be solved, immediately to do what I can towards solving it if circumstances don't hinder. Time out, um, Matt. I love you're such a nerd that that's the one you picked up on. <laughs> that, that is true. I was uh, like, I was intentionally trying not to go that way. I you're knew, like, I'm going to avoid this one because I it's knew, really complicated. I knew you were going to go for it. <laughs> well, I just, I think that, you know, it's, it's so interesting that when he runs across a doctrine of theology or a particular aspect of um, the faith. Yeah. He wants to do everything he can towards solving it. Maybe, maybe a more modern English word would be understanding it, right? Um, or making it understandable uh, because it's a it's a like a puzzle to him, mm. and so he runs across a you know so man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. Yeah, you know if Jonathan Edwards was reading through Scripture and he ran across that, he according to this resolution is that he would try to solve it. Um, to do what he could to solve it if circumstances don't hinder. Yeah. Which really plays into his Puritan background, um, understanding that he is a, a steward of, of God, that God has given him this ability to understand things, and that when God brings a, across a difficult doctrine, it's not for him just to push it aside and move on, but to actually invest his mind into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we as human beings will kind of wander through our days and not recognize that God is bringing things into our path for the purpose uh, of his glory and that we need to be aware of that. Yeah, and so, so for you, I, I really like that. 
so for you listener, you might be sitting here going, I'm not going to sit down and read some deep theological whatever. Well, let me encourage you. Maybe you resolve to uh, understanding what the scriptures say about God and his character. Maybe you spend time and study this year or in the coming years uh, to look at the various attributes of God. So you may understand how how God has communicated to us through his word on who he is and how we should relate to him uh, based yeah, on yeah. who he is. Or maybe this is this is probably something you know people can get their heads around for sure is when you face a trial or a challenge instead of immediately asking the question well what does the world say about this maybe you resolve to seeking the scriptures and trying to understand what god says about this right and what he says about what's going on in you so you know, whether that's loss or an emotion or um, maybe you were given a diagnosis um, and you're not sure, like, well, does the scriptures talk about this or not? Well, resolve to seek them out so that you may know what God does say. Um, I'd say even practically and personally. Yes. You know, so that passage that we read earlier about so far as it depends on you, live honorably, um, with others, well, what does it mean to live honorably with, you know, a, a relative that's that's being mean? You yes. know, what does it mean to live in an honorable way to a spouse that doesn't want to have anything to do with us? Mm-hmm. You know, any any number of situations arise, and so yeah, I think don't think of it as oh, some esoteric, far out there. Like I'm going to yeah. figure out if all dogs go to heaven. Can God um, make a rock big enough he can't lift? Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Like how does how does this apply directly to my my circumstance, my life? Yeah. So that we would be more equipped to glorify God in the moment. Yeah. So that I glorify God based on His word. Yeah. How do I respond? Yeah. So that's that's good works. And then he goes into time management. Oh, man, this one's the big one for me, right? Uh, and probably you too, Matt. Time management seems to be um, one of the most difficult uh, things to master in life. Um, but, you know, one of the ones that uh, he, <laughs> he, he highlights, you know, just kind of pick a resolution here. Uh, he says that I will act so in every respect as I think I shall wish I had done if I should at last be damned. <laughs> so he says, how I want to spend my time is I want to act in a manner in every respect that I will do what I wished I had done. And I love that, you know, uh, kind of when you're thinking about where am I going, what direction am I, am I going to go down? Uh, I think it's it's helpful to make goals for yourself and particularly goals that will more glorify God and cause in you the result of more and more joy. And so when I think about this one, Matt, it's like, man, like I do biblical counseling with people. And for me, I want to uh, spend time studying maybe a particular case, what the scriptures have to say. I don't want to go into a counseling session where I'm like, I don't really get what's going on with this person, or I'm not really sure what the Bible says, uh, and and I don't know how to help them. So I don't want to get, be in a situation where I wish I had done something different, 
you know, I want to have spent the time necessary ahead of time uh, to prepare myself to be diligent so that I can help someone else. That's like an example for me, right? What about for you, Matt? Yeah, so and there's several in here that are yeah. just really helpful. Uh, but number 52 says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. Resolve that I will live just so as I can think I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to old age. Uh, and because I have a lot of older saints in my congregation, I'm constantly hearing um, different things where they you say, oh, I wish I'd love my wife more, or I had been more understanding of her situation or his situation, and just various little, little um, tidbits of wisdom that they drop after the loss of a spouse or the loss of a loved one and, um, or the, you know, things they didn't resolve quickly, uh, business deals gone wrong that they wish they had handled better, you know, just little things like that. And, um, one of the things I'm constantly reminded of is how to cherish my wife, um, in these short moments that I have with her. Right. And so as a younger guy, you know, we've, we've been married 12 years and, um, for us, it's so easy to lose sight of this is not going to be forever. Like she, I will have her for a short time on this earth. And then one of us is going to be alone. Um, you know, how do I, how do I live with her in such a way that I'm never going to regret that her passing, yeah. um, that I didn't do anything that I could have done. Um, and so for me, that was just a, a real, it's, it's been a constant refrain. Um, and one more, Neil, that I, I wanted to hit, and this is kind of like the one you read, um, but verse, or not verse seven, <laughs> number seven, not the resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. So if I'm sitting on my phone playing a game and this is the last hour of my life, mm. is this what I want to be doing? Um, and that, that hits hard, man, because but I also think it makes me cherish moments better. So I'm watching TV. We're watching a silly show with the kids. It really probably isn't all that. You know, would I watch this in the last hour of my life? Well, if it was with my kids, yes, I would. You know, like I'm, I'm going to cherish this moment. So just kind of the brevity of life, you know, teach us to number our days, O oh Lord. Uh, all life is vanity. That kind of mentality is helpful. Yeah, kind of an in, in uh, intentional investment in milestones and memories, right? And moments That's right. with your children. Um, that's great. Yeah, for Christmas this year, we did um, kind of events we, <laughs> we wanted to do instead of like all these toys and meaningless gifts, right? Uh, Brittany and I are doing a special thing with each of our kids um, so that they know like, man, my parents value, they, they want to spend time with me. They ask me questions about my heart, et cetera. And then with the, the other one you said, Matt, you know, one of the things that made me think of is from the, the folks that I have in my congregation and often say like, especially the men, like, I wish I would have spent more time discipling my wife and Oh man, that, that one hits, hits me because, you know, I think often we think about discipleship, um, externally, you know, outside of our households and it begins in our homes, 
And uh, that, that includes your bride as much as your kids. I think even, even most godly dads, you know, I think they, they think, oh, I'm a disciple of my kids. And then they neglect their wife. And I don't want, I don't want that to be said of me, you know, and mm-hmm. I can, you know, honestly say on this podcast, I have done those things in the past, man. I have had neglect where I didn't walk with my wife in an understanding way or, you know, shown her what was right and good from God's word in whatever moment, you know, I, I didn't rise to, you know. And so, like, for me, one of the things that I'm working on this year is being even more intentional with my bride specifically so that she would be more equipped to do good and to glorify God in her own relationship with him. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. Ephesians five twenty six, right? We're to prepare our wives and present them. And so that's just some something on the side. So, but that kind of segues to the next main heading, which is on relationships, you know, and he's got a slew of them in this, this category. Um, but you know, he really kind of starts in the beginning with resolve never to do anything out of revenge. You know, I loved, you know, what you drew out Matt in the first under the mission statement where he says, whatever difficulty comes like, this is what I'm going to do. So here's him forward thinking in the category of relationships about what could potentially happen. Well, what could potentially happen is someone harms you, commits evil against you, sins against you. And what Edwards did was he resolved his heart ahead of time not to deal in vengeance and revenge. And man, I think that's just so good and, and practical. It helps you to take a step back, to think critically, and to, and to think honorably versus, well, you hurt me and I do double worse to whoever hurts me, right? right? Right. Yeah. What stands out to you in this section? Well, you know, going back to what you were talking about, Neil, in, in Genesis, you know, after Cain, mm. one of his his children, you know, says, oh, well, if God will avenge Cain seven times, then I will avenge people 70 times. You yeah, know, right. like he has made a predetermination to to get revenge. Um, but yeah, 15 here says resolve. Oh, go ahead, Neil. Yeah. And, you know, to draw a contrast to Jesus when he's talking about forgiveness. That's right. That's right. Jesus says 70 times seven forget, you know, like, yep. so, so Jesus says, make a predecision to not deal in revenge like this guy, but it, to right. deal in grace, like your heavenly father issues grace, man, what, what, yeah. uh, a, a mind blowing thing, right? Like, uh, but, but it takes forward thinking. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, 15 resolve never to suffer the least motions of anger to irrational beings. <laughs> so this one, I really like, you know, this is a little bit of a, a ancient English, um, but never to suffer. I'm, I'm not going to allow myself to get angry is what he's saying. Yeah. I'm not going to let myself get angry with irrational um, people. With irrational beings. Right. If I stub my toe, I am not going to let myself get angry. If the dog doesn't stop barking for the 15th time, I'm not going to allow myself to get angry. Hmm. Uh, and I just, I think that's such a helpful thing in our day and age because most people will just excuse um, our anger. You know, oh yeah, he bumped his toe. That's why he's angry. Or, you know, oh, he hit his 
thumb with the nail and he, or the, with the hammer and he said the bad word, you know, oh, that's understandable. Uh, but Jonathan Edwards is, is holding himself to a high standard and is saying, I'm not going to let myself be angry about irrational beings. I love that. That's so good. So, so think in your relationships. Think, man, how can I most glorify God with my relationships and make resolutions or, you know, forward thinking about how you can do these things better in a more God glorifying way. The next section he goes to is in suffering, which, man, I... I can think back growing up in the church, being a young Christian, becoming a man, and then and then all of a sudden going through trials and suffering and circumstances that I can't make sense of. And 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 one thing I know is, man, I wasn't equipped or prepared for those moments. And so one of the things that I've tried to do now um, is to not only equip myself but equip others around me. And I love that Jonathan Edwards here invests in equipping himself for those times of trial and suffering that will come. It's promised, right? Uh, in this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says. And so one of the one of the things that, or one of the resolutions that I really appreciate that Edwards put is actually Resolution 67, where he says, resolved after afflictions to inquire what am I better for them? What good have I got by them? And what I might have got by them? So what Edwards is saying is, after this difficult circumstance has finished, I'm going to look back and I'm going to see how God was at work in those situations. Like, where is his providence? And then what has it done in my heart? And let you know how has it shaped me? Let me identify those things, be grateful for those things, and, you know, apply those things going forward. I love that because too often do we look at suffering like, I just need to survive it, (laughs) and uh, or I'm going to stay in this suffering state, especially in our culture today, this victimization culture we live in. We want to stay in this state of suffering and victimization. This, he's saying, I'm going to seek to continue to grow up and out of suffering when it, when the, the circumstance changes again. Yeah, he does that after action review. Yeah. Were there any? Uh, 57 yeah. uh, says, resolved when I fear misfortunes and adversities. So now if he's fearing it, right, he, he may be about to face something uh, to examine this. And this is what he examines. Um have I done my duty and resolved to do it? And then let it be just as providence orders it. And then I will, as far as I can, be concerned about nothing but my duty and my sin. Uh, and so it's, it's once again, he's kind of like looking into the, the future, like this bad event may happen. Right. So have I done my duty and maybe tried not to get into this misfortune or adversity? And if I can't control it, right, if it's outside of my control, then I'm going to let it be just as providence orders it, right, just as God has willed it. Um, But then while I'm in it, I'm going to do nothing but my duty and I'm not I'm going to be concerned about nothing but my own duty and my own sin Mm. Um, and not kind of worry over all the other circumstances and details. And 
I think that's helpful in our you know culture and our society today, especially in a world that is consumed by fear. Yeah, looking ahead and then looking backwards uh, when you're going through suffering or about to go through it. I love that. And he shifts gears into character. So now he's looking at his own heart. He wants to be a watchful man. And uh, I love resolution number 12. uh, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) For character. Yeah. So let's just talk about this one. Um, But here's what he says. Resolved. If I take delight in it as a gratification of my pride, vanity, or on any such account, account, immediately to throw it by. So he says, if he, he, he knows, and Jonathan Edwards is really saying here, he struggles with pride and vanity. You know, yep. so here's here's what his plan is for when those things come come up out of his heart, when his heart gets gross and he sees the grossness. Right. He says, if I've noticed, I delight in that delight in my pride, delight in my vanity. I'm going to throw it by. I'm going to cast it out, really saying I'm going to repent. And uh, man, I, I love that. Thinking forward again, man. Look at where what areas in your life that you sin in, that you struggle in, or you know, you know, like one big one for me, Matt, is like when I'm disrespected, and yeah. when I feel disrespected, man, I I feel the grossness come up out of me, you know, and I'll respond very grossly, and so uh, when I take delight in whatever my response, oh, I got them back, or man, they're going to remember to respect me next time or put respect on my name, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, hey, guess what, man, that's sin. And I need to throw it away. I need to cast it off. I need to repent and seek the face of God and his righteousness. I like how um, he focuses in on the subject and says, if I t- take delight in it as a gratification of pride. Yeah. So not so much that I'm like, if my if I delight in my child, I'm going to toss that my child away because I delight in it. No, he's saying, if I take delight in this and it makes me puffed up with pride. Yes. Right. So yeah, you get a, I don't know, you achieve something in your life and you get a big old wall certificate that says, you know, graduate of, whatever. And every time you look at it, it makes you prideful. Jonathan Edwards says, man, you got to get rid of that thing, you know, toss that sucker away. Mm. Right. So anything that, that gratifies your pride or vanity that needs to be tossed out. And man, I, I tell you that it's, it's helpful to look at, you know, I think you and I probably struggle more on the internal aspects of things, but some people, you know, they have, nice cars that they wax and clean and there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. But when it begins to puff them up through pride, that's where it becomes a danger. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, I I was at a Chinese restaurant um, where I live and uh, in this Chinese restaurant, it's wall to wall pictures of the owner of the restaurant with all these young officers. Right. And, uh, man, the owner will come to your table with a laser pointer and he will point at all these specific pictures and say, this guy now is the general of whatever, or this guy is now this. Well, he gets puffed up that these people who are big names now were in his restaurant once upon a time when they were nothing, 
and like almost That's like right. almost like stealing the glory of what these yeah, other people yeah. have accomplished. Vanity. Yeah, man. And I want to I want to say rip these pictures off your wall, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> put um, it away. Yeah, and men really struggle with this. You know, they'll put all their awards, especially military men. And yeah, like, yeah. look, look at how cool. I love me book. Right. The I love me book. The I love me wall. Um, mm-hmm. I think my kids do a good job at humbling me. Right. And they say, man, you used to be so cool. That's <laughs> you right. It's like you have some cool stuff because you used to be cool. That's right. So I'm thankful for those little sanctifying uh, kiddos I got. But uh, so that's the section on character, man. Tend to your heart, tend to your character. And then the last section is on spiritual life, right? We want to talk about how do we resolve to grow up, mature into Christ. And so he has several different sections. I think Matt and I both are always going to be drawn to the scriptures. (laughs) And so Resolution 28 says this, Resolved to study the scriptures so steadily, constantly, and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. Man, what I love about this section, Matt, is really his his three little actions here to to study the scriptures steadily, constantly, and frequently. Man, let let's unpack those three words uh, for a minute and what that could look like for the listener. You want to take it? Yeah. So steadily, I mean, is day by day, step by step. I mean regularly and not haphazardly, right? So if I'm going to study something, I want to have a plan of study. So I'm not going to do the flip-flop method of Bible uh, passage finding where I flip my Bible open and then I flip-flop the pages until I find a place to put my finger and then I read that one verse or that one chapter. No, I'm going to be reading through books of the Bible regularly um, in such a steady way. And, and, and again, the concept of steadily um, is maybe more steadfastly yeah. where you're, you're going to be doing it um, not just when you feel like it, but when, um, <laughs> yeah, but you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Period. So yeah, steadily. So it was funny, you know, Matt and I were in California a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we had we we were staying 45 minutes away from the ranch and so we had to get up extra early right and make that drive and so we kind of were joking around this week is going to be the now and later week uh, where we read a little bit of the bible now and then later we read what we wanted you know the amount we wanted to read and so yeah but but the whole idea here was i steadily want to be in god's word whether I have to do a little bit now and a lot more later, I, we came up with a, a, a frago, if you will, or a, an adjustment process to accomplish what we steadily do back home. And so you have and to, a, you have yeah. to be innovative. You have to think, take each week uh, by week and make a plan and uh, and stick to it. Be steadfast in it. What were you going to say? This reminds me of kind of how we should our children should not be surprised to wake up in the morning and see us pouring over scripture. Yeah. Like this should not be an unusual thing for them. Kind of like when you tell your kids you're going to church on Sunday, they shouldn't be like, what? We never do that. Right. No, it should be this, 
it should be the norm, right? They should, in fact, they should be so shocked when they don't see you pouring over scripture that day or they, or you don't go to church that day. So steadily. Yeah. Or your kid wakes up and they're like, where's my parents? Well, I know where my parents are. You know, my dad's in his office reading the Bible. My mom's in her chair reading the Bible, you know, like be people who, where your reputation is a person of the book, you know, and it goes on constantly and frequently. Those are the kind of next two words. You know, if you think about, I like constantly. Yeah, yeah, man, that's, that's day by day. Um, so we talked about like having a steady plan of study, right. But you also want to think about like each day where you are, you are, you're mining the depths of scripture, uh, for, for the case of your own heart and for the case of the glory of God. And, so, and it doesn't stop when you close the Bible. Yeah. It's going, it's continuing. Yeah. So like maybe, you know, you didn't finish your Bible reading plan for 2022, right? Well, guess what? Turn the page starting January 1st. Finish it out. Start over in Genesis when you finish. Like nothing says that you, this this blows my mind because I feel like people never get to certain books because they restart every year. Like, man, make your heart so constant where you are going Genesis through Revelation, regardless of time, every day you are moving forward and and, and you're being frequent with it. And, and I would say, Neil, take it with you. It. So like, yeah, so like you, you run across a verse, mm-hmm. write that verse down on a three by five card, take it with you, put it in your phone, Boom. you know, whatever. But yeah, so constantly. So the... The topic of your study that morning needs to go. David Paulson uh, said that frequently he would find himself counseling from the passage he studied that morning. Yes. So when he had a regular counseling session, they'd come in um, and they'd share what they're struggling with. He would have the words to speak to them from the reading that he had done that morning. You know, that that's thinking about it more than just a five second read through. I'll give an example from today. You know, my wife this morning read Psalm two and in verse 12, she made a little meditation card and basically said, blessed is the one who takes refuge in the Lord. Well, there was a situation that happened in our home and my wife got very emotional. And when she gets emotional, she, now she's got a decision to make. Where will she go for refuge? Right? Well, because she had, began her day trying to meditate on what does it mean to take refuge in God? That's where she, she took her heart to that. She went back to that place instead of all these other uh, broken cisterns that don't hold water, don't give life. And she went to the place that does give life. And so that's constantly. And then lastly, we have frequently. And, you know, I really like to think of this as, um, when you face a situation, do you go to the scriptures frequently for uh, resolution, for solution, right? Or do you go all these other places? And um, if you are frequently delving the, the depths of scripture, then you're going to find, your, find your, your footing again and again in the text and what God has to say and versus what you feel in the moment, right? There's man, there's so many more as we, you know, we go on. Um, the prayer one was is really good. And it's long, yeah. and I I just want to touch on it very brief because um, I wanted to hit one more. Uh, if 
I know we're running low on time here, but verse 60 or verse, here we go again. Resolution 64. You can tell we're pastors. Uh, Resolution 64 resolved when I find those groanings, which cannot be uttered of which the apostle speaks and those breakings of the soul for the longing it has of which the psalmist speaks that I will promote them to the utmost of my power and that I will not be weary of earnestly endeavoring to vent my desires, nor of the repetitions of such earnestness. What it what he's resolving to do is to cry out to God in his own struggles, those areas where he feels desires that that maybe are not um, being uh, or are not seeing resolution, that he is crying out to him and he says he will do it. In fact, he will bring them up even higher. So I don't know if anybody else experiences this. Maybe it's just a, a me thing, but sometimes there's like a, a level of angst in my life where I'm not feeling like something, something's off and I can't figure that out. Uh, and what I think Jonathan Edwards is saying is that you take that, you elevate it in prayer and you cry out to the Lord over those things. And if you continue to feel that same thing, you cry it out. You continue to do it, and don't don't get weary. Uh, Neil, you have anything on that one? Yeah, you know when he talks about the longing it hath, you know he's he's quoting Psalm one nineteen verse twenty, which says, "My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times." Yeah, and and that's really man. It's it's man this desire, this longing for the will of God. Uh, to make known or to be made known to your own your own heart um, that you long for truth and 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 for the things of God over whatever your will may be and you know we petition the Lord we seek the Lord we ask that his will would be done on this earth as it is in heaven and that's what we need to endeavor in and so scriptures, prayer, you know, there's there's so many more of these spiritual disciplines that promote the growth of the Christian life. But regardless of... Neil, what about one we disagree with? Oh, do we have one? I have one that I disagree with. Uh, well, what, which one so, do you... So on number 38, it's on the Lord's Day. Okay. It says, resolved never to speak anything that is ridiculous sportive or matter of laughter on the Lord's day. I don't, I'm surprised you disagree with this one. I disagree (laughs) with a matter of laughter on the Lord's day. (laughs) Uh, I think that we should be laughing um, on the Lord's day, maybe not at the Lord's day or at the things of God, right? but we should be laughing. And I think, um, Edwards may have gone a little too puritanical yeah. in that area. Yeah, yeah. The, the the joy of the Lord should exhume from our bodies. Not, <laughs> not we don't want to be the curmud- of all the days. We don't want the to be the curmudgeons of the Lord, right? <laughs> but but I do I do agree with the ridiculous, sportive, or you know, coarse jesting or anything sure, like sure. that. I think yeah, we want to sanctify the Lord's day as holy. But yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean. Edwards has his holes. I mean, look at his life. But 
Um, regardless, this is just kind of to help get your mind around what does it look like to set a direction and put in some things into place that will help you to move in that direction, propel you forward in that direction. And Neil, he would read it every week. That was a part of his resolution was to read this every single week. Yeah. So, you know, if, if all else, um, you know, as you resolved your life and in order to glorify God, write it down, journal it and see where you're at. Take inventory and where you need to make adjustments, make them. Um, you know, I, I love that um, every quarter, one of our leadership and Mighty Oaks sends us these four B's report, be in the word, be in prayer, be in church, be in accountability. And he gives his own examples. And, and what I love, what I get to see um, in my position is um, how guys are continually to making adjustments throughout the year uh, so that they will glorify God in all of their lives. So be a person who's willing to make changes when you are found or, or when you find yourself not giving glory to God in all of your life. Um, be quick to run back to that place because he is worthy and it's for your good. So guys, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Subscribe and hit that notification. You'll see when these episodes drop and we'll keep moving forward in 2023 alongside you. Until next time, Neil and Matt, we out.